Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WBZ, very few would argue with the statement, America is great. What is it that makes America great? Is it something in our culture? And is uh, a change in culture that we are experiencing affecting our greatness? Where does our greatness stem from? Well, we have Lawrence Mead here. Cultural Difference and American Power, Burdens of Freedom is the title. How do you do, sir? Uh, very good, thank you. Very good. You have an excellent, I love it when people have a great connection. So, threat to the American experiment is uh, not really foreign, like we usually think of, not Iran, but more a trend away from individualism, both from without and within, correct? Uh, yes, I think the, the country is under, under challenge in that there are developments overseas, especially the rise of Asia, where countries that are not individualist have managed to challenge American leadership in the world. And internally, we have a number of groups that come from non-individualist backgrounds, which is creating cultural difference within the United States. And it's also behind much of the controversy we're now having about poverty, immigration, and so on. Is this new? How much of this is new? Is it new in terms of quality or just the quantity of what we're seeing? It must ebb and flow. Uh, I feel like there have been the forces of collectivity at, you know, at work before. Why now? Well, it isn't new completely because part of America, namely black Americans, have been in the country since the beginning, and they always had a culture that wasn't individualist, that the research calls a collectivist culture. That means not necessarily that they favor big government, but rather that they don't think of themselves so much as individuals, as people who came from Europe. This country was, fair, was founded by very strong individualists who really were pursuing personal goals. And the groups that don't come from, the, from, the, from Europe, like blacks, also most immigrants, Native Americans, Asians, these groups have a different idea of what life's about because they don't really think of it in terms of pursuing personal goals. So you feel that the black Americans are collectivists. Is that due to having been slaves? Yeah, well, it comes initially from Africa. Africa is the most collectivist of all cultures in the sense that people don't think of themselves as individuals. Uh, however, it was intensified in, in the case of slaves because they went through slavery and then Jim Crow. These were experiences where they weren't operating as individuals. They weren't allowed to do it. They weren't inclined that way. 
black exposure to an individual's culture really begins when they start to move north from the south to the northern cities. Then you get uh, a very different exposure. Then they're learning about an individualist culture, and I would say maybe a third of the group has become individualist and is therefore integrated in most respects. But the rest are still reacting to that initial experience where they were part of a group and they didn't think of themselves individual, and they also are very cautious. They tend to react to the outside world rather than seeking to change things, whereas the rest of the country is the other way. We tend to orient to our personal goals, and we do seek to change things. So there's a cautious, uh, uh, passive quality about most black Americans, which I think makes it harder for them to get ahead in America. Right. I know we're kind of going down a a road here that's not part of the big picture. One more question on this. Yeah. Are there uh, roadblocks to becoming actually individualist in your thinking? Do you have to have some successes that have been more difficult for certain minorities to achieve so you feel enfranchised uh, uh, in an individualist world? I think it's harder to feel fully American unless you're individualist because the culture very strongly promotes and expresses individual pursuit of goals. That is what gives the country's dynamism. That's how it got to be rich and powerful. Historians say that's why we're leading the world. So that culture is very, very powerful, but it, it has some weaknesses, and we gain quite a bit from the groups that are not individualist. Blacks in particular have contributed enormously to American culture, made it much richer, more diverse, more creative. So their contribution to the American life is very, very important. At the same time, the group is struggling to adjust and get ahead in economic terms, I think, primarily because they don't think of life as a project. They think of life as survival. It's about adjust, adjusting to pressures from day to day. And I'm not saying it's completely unrealistic, but you don't get, get very far that way, at least not in America. You have, to, you have to set goals and pursue them, and that requires an element of focus, which is unique to the individualist culture of most of the country. When you look back, way back, at various civilizations and countries, do you, all, do you see there, too, that the great ones were based on an individualist culture or not? As I think uh, back, not well, so much, right? No, no. I mean, Europe is the only culture that ever was individualist in a deep and broad sense. And it was individualists from Europe that largely founded the United States. That's why it has the character it does. Now, a lot of other people came from other parts of the world. And again, that has value in terms of enriching the culture. But some of those groups have had a hard time adjusting because they don't see life in the same way as individualists. And I'm particularly thinking of recent immigrants, which have flooded in large numbers. And the group that's having the hardest time is Hispanics, people from Mexico and Central America. Those groups are having quite a hard time. And it's really because they don't think of life in the ways that most people do. They encounter difficulties here that they didn't face in the old country. So they're better off in some senses, but they're also struggling. All right, let's take a break. If you have the time, we'll do another segment, yeah. at least one more. We'll continue with Lawrence Mead and his book and his Burdens of Freedom. I actually want to find out why the word burden is here. Burdens of Freedom, Cultural Difference and American Power is WBZ. I need to talk to you. What have you two been talking about behind my back? Hey, you've got to tune to Bradley J. Bradley J. Jay talking. WBZ News Radio 1030.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You think we could listen to the radio or something? Radio? <laughs> radio? Now we can talk a little while. It's been a long time since you've talked. Turn me on tonight. Pick up radio waves. Do you want to talk? Jay Talking. Bradley J. WBZ News Radio 1030. We continue with Lawrence Mead. Burdens of freedom, cultural difference, and American power. And the basic premise is that America, the great, is great because of its individualist culture. And that the collectivist cultures don't do so well, I guess. Uh, I'm trying well, to find do, a. Do, yeah. Did, do, did do I oversimplify? I felt like I might have oversimplified. Well, I don't think collectivist culture are 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 inferior in any general sense, but they are different and they have different strengths and attributes. Now, the Asians have found a way to use a collective culture where people are very cohesive to generate greater wealth and power than they did before the last several decades. That's been a major change in the world. However, I still think that America is likely to remain the world's leader because our culture uh, distributes the burdens of problem solving, the problems of optimizing things much more broadly in a collective culture that initiatives with the leaders and other people follow orders, whereas in the, in the West, and especially in America, people take steps to improve things on their own without waiting for direction. And the result is a much more broad-based dynamism in the whole society. And it's that quality that caused first Europe, then Britain, then America to become the world's leader. And we still are today, and I guess I guess we're going to remain that way because we really are the only large-sized individual's culture anywhere in the world. And that approach does have some advantages. So what is it about Europe, Britain, and then America that made them individualists? And what happened to Europe, the rest of Europe, since? Yeah, well, the rest of Europe was, Europe as a whole, is the origin of the individualist culture. That's where it came from. And it was Europeans who, migrating from Europe to the North America, who created a vastly bigger and more powerful country in America that is also individualist. Uh, now, today, Europe is not as forceful, not as rich and powerful, as ambitious as America, but it's pretty similar. And there's a lot of similarities between Western Europe and the United States. What's different, though, is that the rest of the world isn't like that. There really is no other part of the world that has a broadly based, deeply seated individualist culture. Most of the rest of the world is more collective minded. People don't think of themselves as separate from the group. They're more cautious. They don't seek change in the same way. So those societies are not as dynamic. They don't naturally change. Now, they've been forced to change by leadership in the last couple of centuries because the rest of the world was threatened by Western power and they had to make themselves rich and more powerful. And they found ways to do that, uh, starting off with Japan, actually, in the late 19th century and other Asian countries have followed along. So there's been a response, but it hasn't meant that those countries are becoming individualist, except rather superficially. Uh, and so America remains the world's most important individualist country. I'm looking for a cause 
and a root cause of a, a nation or a continent being populated with individualists is it is yeah. co- commerce it the, yeah. is commerce the driving thing it was in america correct well that's i would say immigration was the united states was created by immigrants from europe mostly now other pe- there were a lot of other people came from other parts of the world other people played an important role native americans in particular blacks coming from slavery they all played a role in the forming of the united states but the dominant influence was from European people coming from Europe who were individualists, who saw life in terms of pursuing their personal goals and values and seeking to change the world in a way to improve it. That was their main goal, and that is the thing that is still the, the, the keynote of the culture. Now, it doesn't, we don't entirely know where individualism first arose. It came in Europe probably from a number of causes. We don't really know how it happened but there's no other part of the world that's like this. That's the main thing. Asia, Latin America, Africa, all of those regions are not nearly as focused on individuals getting ahead and improving themselves as you find in the U.S. Is, individ- is uh, overpopulation an individualism killer? Uh, no. I, w- I would say probably the opposite. Uh, the effect of, well, first of all, overpopulation was a major factor in the in the Chinese development. China, for a long time, was overpopulated. Today, they're rich enough, so they really got ahead of it. The country is a lot less poor than it used to be. Population rates are actually dropping, and the world is probably not going to be overpopulated. It's going to it's going to level off at a certain level that's sustainable. So, individual, uh, 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 the lack of population pressure is a reason why Europe became individualist. And the presence of that pressure is a reason why China became very collective-minded. But it's not a major force today. When you're in New York City, you need to conform in order to get along. When you're on the prairie, you don't. That's where I was coming from. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say people conform in New York very much. This is a very... um, hang it all out city where people do what they want to do. There's a great deal of individualism in New York. They dress... You know, uniquely, but there are there are some rules you have to go by. Like you you act oh, a certain yeah. way on the on the public transportation. You act a certain way on the street. Everybody kind of knows that there are a lot of people, and you got to behave. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, right. and and, you, and everything you do, you do in 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 front of everybody. Whereas, when yes. you're in the rural area, you kind of develop on your own. That was just my thinking. Are you saying <laughs> that uh, individualism is better than collectivism? No, I'm not. I think there are certain strengths that individualism has. It's certainly the culture that leads to the most rapid political and economic development. That's what history says pretty clearly. There isn't much competition, but we're weaker in other areas. Non-West is is stronger in aesthetic terms, has a stronger sense of community, has more attention to things that are beautiful. Art and the the search for beauty is not as central in Western culture. Uh, Another, to me, very interesting difference is that the non-West is more stoic in the face of things that cannot be mastered. Western culture is all about mastery. It's all about individuals and also governments doing things to to mold the world in their own image. Well, there are things that we can't master, things that are just tragic. The non-West deals better with tragedy, deals better with the things that we don't control. And that's a quality worth having. So there's some value in having cultural diversity in the United States, provided that we remain an individualist country overall. Okay. Well, well, 
so so it is if we need to remain an individualist country overall to be better off then individualism is better well i wouldn't say that i i'm not going to say it's better or worse but it does lead to more wealth and power and that is something that we need to retain because the united states is needed for world leadership there isn't another country that's going to lead the world as well as we can do not that how to do it is clear there's controversy about how much we ought to be leading the world However, there has to be a country that is willing to take the lead in dealing with all kinds of problems that require strong government, require generosity, require military power. These things the United States has more than any other country. If we disappeared, the world would be in deep, deep trouble. So, so the world needs to be led? Yes. All right. Let's see. Now, individualism in the natural world, do we see... Individualism or collectivism in nature, and does that? And how does that uh, not uh, really. Well, it's hard to say what nature has in the way of culture. Nature, all the various species have different ways of associating or not. Some of them are more. The, the individual animals are more isolated, more loners. Other times they they flock together and they're totally cooperative. So we see extremes of collectivism and individualism. You could say among animals, but. Humanity is characterized by a strong potential for for collective action and working together. That is the thing that makes, as much as anything else, is the reason why humans dominate the world. But we also have a capacity in the West, anyway, for individuals to take initiatives and go out and do things on their own because they believe in it. And they make remarkable changes and improvements by doing that. And it's because of the broad distribution of problem solving across the whole society. That's why an individualist culture, I think, has the edge over a collective culture in the long term, because we have more people out there trying to solve problems. And that we should seek that quality. We want to keep that quality because that is what allows us to get ahead. Is there any correlation between a dominant religion in any nation or group, individual? Then slash individualism and slash success. Does the does the dominant religion are, play a part? Yeah. There, there's a, there are a number of scholars have said that Western religion, which is re- rooted primarily in biblical religion in Judaism, Christianity, is a one of the forces behind individualism. One of the things that motivates people to, to try to go out and save the world and improve things the way they do. Uh, the really interesting case, however, is Islam. Islam has roots that are rather similar to Judaism and Christianity, but it didn't become uh, a, a protean, world-changing and improving force in the way that biblical religion did. And why that is is very interesting. Uh, it, the, the mentality of Asian countries is more collective-minded. People take orders. They, they conform to what the authorities say. So Islam hasn't been a creative force uh, in recent centuries. In, the early, in its early centuries, it was. It was quite, quite creative. They built a big empire. They were, had major in, innovations and improvements in culture and science and all that. Islam was a very impressive force for change for a while, but then it stopped. Uh, the, uh, the, the turmoil that goes along with intellectual innovation was too much for Islam. Basically, it became, they became concerned that Islamic orthodoxy would be threatened. So questioning ceased, and Islam today is a tightly controlled culture. I'm talking here primarily of Arab Islam. If we go further east in Asia, then we have a, a, another kind of Islam that is not quite so regimented. But Islam is, is right now is a highly cohesive, 
an authoritarian system. And that is why those those immigrants have had a particularly hard time in Europe because they get to Europe and suddenly they're in a free society and they're threatened by freedom. And in another way, our immigrants are also threatened by freedom because they're coming from more traditional societies where the ethos is more collective. And then they come here and suddenly they don't get the direction they used to get from outside. Now they have to decide a whole lot of questions by themselves and that's hard. It creates, creates real problems for them. Uh, there are benefits as well, but it's not easy. The burdens of freedom are heavy. They're not as easy as they look, quite the contrary. This kind of all goes back to the notion that Westerners view life as a project, whereas the collective yeah. societies view it as merely survival. Yeah, that's pretty much the contrast. Okay. Do you encourage folks to apply your premises to their political choices? Are you, say, encouraging people to become a little more libertarian? And if so, how far would you have them take that? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not really saying that. The individualist viewpoint is compatible with a wide range of political positions about what government ought to do and not do. Historically, Americans have developed a substantial welfare state that does a number of things to help people get through their lives and helps them out in various practical ways. And the justification for that was actually individualists. The people who, who decided to do that were people who had a strong sense of moral right and wrong, and they wanted to help people in trouble, and they went ahead and did it. And, and the programs we have have been set up in such a way so most of them require that you have a work connection. We want to make sure that we're going to help people. We want them to help themselves as well. And that's why our welfare state is more closely tied to work than is the case in other parts of the world. So there's no necessary contradiction between individualist culture and a generous government. Those things can go together. But Americans are impatient, however, with passivity. We don't want people to, 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 to simply fail to advance themselves. The idea that you have to wait for the world to change before you do something, or the, the attitude of being defeated, that's something Americans are impatient with. We don't generally approve of that. We want people to make an effort. And if, if they're trying, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll, in various ways, make it easier for you, but you've got to make an effort. Wow. You, can't expect, you can't expect the world to change, and, and then you're going to do something. You've got to do something now. You've got to take an initiative now. Lawrence Mead, Burdens of Freedom, Cultural Difference, and American Power. Let's go to Paul in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Hello, Paul. Hi. Uh, good evening, Bradley. Good evening, Professor. Um, I had a question for you. You were talking about um, cultural collectivism um, in, in terms of uh, you have uh, the, the uh, black culture and the, the oriental culture, and you have a lot of professionals in the oriental culture um, you know, success, and why isn't that true in, in the black culture? And could you just discuss the difficulties no. that yeah. going um, on there? Asians, Asians have a reputation for success in America, and they certainly have made an impressive record. But they're having more problems than most people perceive. Uh, Asians have their easiest time succeeding at school because school is a highly structured environment where you get told pretty much what you have to learn. And if you can do that and respond on tests and papers, then you do well in school. And that's what Asians have been able to do in the U.S., and that's also the style of education that prevails in Asia itself. But at the college level and beyond, 
American society expects people to be more creative, to take more risks, to make more personal arguments. Uh, they ask people to address issues where, the, where there aren't any clear question, uh, answers, where even the questions are not defined. And that's pretty much what leadership requires in America. You really have to have uh, we have to be willing to decide what the questions are rather than uh, expect a structured environment. And that's the place where Asians are having more problems. And that's because Asia's like that. Asia is also a culture in which people expect to have a structured question put to them. And, and the order of things is clear because the rules are set from above. Well, that's not America. America is a country with uh, much more innovation, uh, much more willingness by people to ask new questions, come up with new industries, uh, find other ways to solve problems. And it's in that kind of world where Asia's having a harder time. Now, in the case of blacks, um, their problem uh, is partly that, of course, they didn't, they didn't have equal rights for a long time. But equal to that is the fact that they came from, from Africa, a culture that's strongly collectivist, by which I mean people don't really think of themselves as individuals. And so blacks, especially when they left the South and came North, they confronted a free society, society really for the first time. And they hadn't ever really faced an environment where it was expected that people would make their own way. So at that point, uh, most blacks have responded to that challenge with caution, really, uh, an attempt to get by from day to day, but not necessarily to set goals and pursue those goals and get ahead. Now, about a third of black America, I would estimate, has become middle class. They have taken on the dominant individualism of the culture, and they're doing just fine. And, they, and that's because they have been able to adapt to the dominant individualism of the mainstream society. However, they're not typical of their own group. So they're doing very well, and they are to be much admired. But the rest of black America still has to take on board the burdens of freedom. Thanks, Paul. Okay, very interesting. Thank you very much. That was good. You mentioned about a third of black America has yeah. done well. That's a rough what, estimate. What, what do you use as a metric for that? Well, it's the, my basis for that estimate is that about 30% of children in, among blacks are born to two-parent families where the parents are married. And that it's those two-parent families that are most likely to escape poverty and become middle class. So that's my estimate of roughly what share of black America's middle class. Now, there's movement and improvement, and certainly not every it's a mistake to think that most blacks are poor. That isn't the case. A minority of them are poor. However, as a group, they don't progress as quickly economically as other groups, and the main reason is they're furthest away from the individualist temperament that dominates the culture. There is progress, but they've got a ways to go. This is going to be tough to answer. It's going to be a judgment call. Would you say our country's problems stem more from a super capitalist society run amok or collectivist um, intrusion into our individualist ways? Like how much how much of the problem is right. the difference between the haves and the have-nots and how much of the problem is that yeah. there are those that want everybody to be exactly the same? Well, when I say, when I say collectivism, I'm referring to the way world cultures research talks about a non-individualist culture. That doesn't tell you very much about what government ought to do or whether government ought to be collective or not. So I don't have firm views on that. Okay. I tend to be sympathetic to government programs that help people who are poor, but at the same time, we have to expect 
support people to help themselves. And that's what the public wants, and the public has it right. We have to help people, but they must also help themselves. And the urge that people should help themselves is a reflection of the, of the moralism of the culture. People uh, think you should make your own way, and we're willing to help you provided you're making an effort. Where does the reported happiness of the Scandinavian countries fit in here? I, I don't know. I, are they happier than Americans? Yeah. That might be true. That by, by, from what I hear anecdotally and yeah. these polls, that Denmark is most always, the Scandinavian countries most always, by far yeah. the happiest. Is that Well, is, I would say that that's probably could be due in part to the fact that those are among the most individualist of all countries. The Northern Europeans, the English-speaking countries, especially the United States, are the most individualist. Those are countries where people are particularly interdriven, where they set out goals and they pursue them, and they generally succeed and get somewhere, and maybe that's why they're happy. But it's, it's a, a mistake to think that a free society with an individual's culture is easy. I don't think that's true. America makes a lot of demands on people who are individualists and who, who are, enjoy a free society. Freedom is tough. Freedom requires a lot of demands, and the heaviest of those demands come from your own goals. If you set out to do something, especially something new, then you, can, you face a, a, a life of struggle. It isn't easy at all. You may get somewhere. You may be very proud of where you come out, but you can't be sure. And other people may be trying to do the same thing. There's a lot of competition in a free society, which many people from other countries are unprepared for. So we don't have an easy time in America. We have a free country, rich country, powerful country, but it's not easy. It's just as the veterans say, freedom isn't free. It seems like you, you were, are saying that the Scandinavian countries are individualist, and I view them as collective. They, well, they're, they're, they're collective. Their governments are collective. The government, they have big welfare state. They, they provide a lot of benefits to people, more than we do. They're ready to pay for that. That, that doesn't mean that they're not individualist. Can you, can you fact, separate government? And culture like that? I, th I think so, pretty much. And now there are some conservatives who say that because government is generous and help helpful to people, we've undercut the individualism of the culture. Well, there might be some truth to that. I'm not saying there's no basis at all. But I don't believe there's much influence there. The really strong influences are, have to do with where people came from to get to the United States. The dominant culture came from Northern Europe and especially from the English they were the most strongly individualist when they founded the country. And uh, other groups have come from other countries, and they reflect a different ethos, usually not so individualist. That's the really strong influence on how people see what life is about. The role of government in these programs, I don't think it's that important. The programs are still valuable. We should try to improve them and make them better and so on and so on. I'm not, I'm not against that at all. However, we should not imagine that that's the reason why some parts of America appear to be defeated and passive and not really getting ahead. I think that that feeling comes much more from the original culture of the countries in which they came. Is there any statistical relationship between climate and individualism? Do you see, if you look at the globe, to see what countries are individualist, yeah. are they the temperate? My gut would say that the temperate zones would somehow yeah. foster individualism and if maybe maybe individualism requires energy and in some places just yes. too too hot yes. to do anything 
Yep. There is a number of authors say that, that indeed climate is important. And in the tropical regions, you, you certainly have a collective mining culture. And the reason is because the heat makes it very hard to extend a lot of effort, on, 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 particularly on a sustained basis. So those cultures tend to be more passive, more reactive, uh, less dynamic, because the climate is more oppressive. And that is especially true in Africa. So indeed, I think climate is important. The, the rich, powerful country has always been in the temperate zone, neither very cold nor very hot. Uh, that includes most of Asia. It includes, of course, North America, Western Europe. These countries are typically in moderate climates, and that is best in terms of generating wealth and power. So how can we utilize what you have written and talked yeah. about to, to make United yeah. States better? Well, the main thing we need to do is preserve and to some extent restore the individual's culture that made us rich and powerful. There have been some adverse trends recently. One of them is that much of the working class, the less skilled working class, is dropping out of employment. Uh, they are supporting President Trump, but they're not really they're not really pursuing advancement for themselves and their families the way they used to do. That is unfortunate. Seems like more more of the people, even people that support President Trump, are people yeah. who are into surviving, not yes. having their life exactly. be a project. See, they they've they've they, I see them as having shifted from an individualist culture to a non-individualist, more collective-minded, more passive culture. So that's happened. That's they moved in that direction. You want to mention the play? I want to just take that yeah. one more step, and they see if I can extrapolate. Let's extrapolate. On that, it takes a certain amount of resources for them to just survive without working hard to, yeah. and they see immigrants as somebody competing for the funds that will allow them to merely survive and not be a go-getter. Uh, they do have resentments about immigration, not without a basis. Immigration is out of control. We have too much immigration. And the immigration is the other great force that's driving the culture away from individualism because the immigrants today are not coming from Europe like they used to do 100 years ago. We think immigration is successful in America because most of those people came from Europe, and as a result, they assimilated rather easily. But today's immigrants come mostly from Latin America and Asia, countries that are not individualist, and they have a much harder time. So immigration uh, is, has been a benefit historically. It's still valuable, but we have to cut it back. We have to reduce it by half, I estimate, in order to make sure that the culture remains individualist. So people who object to immigration today are correct. What we haven't been able to do, however, is have a candid discussion of why immigration is questionable, because we, the, the establishment has really been against any discussion of these cultural differences that we're talking about today. And that, that is a mistake. We need to understand that there are differences, they're all valuable, but we need also to maintain a balance. We need to make sure that we remain an individualist country. We don't want to turn into a country that expresses merely a non-Western point of view, because then, then, we're out of, then we don't have the same control over our fate. Then we're not getting richer, more powerful, and we're not able to lead the world. Can the we world justify leadership. Can we justify, and I, think, I sort of think we can justify... More immigration from companies that are more uh, countries that are more individualist and less from collectively oriented countries. Well, uh, uh, yes, that uh, but that's hard to persuade people to move here from these other individualist countries because they're pretty rich too. They have their own cultures and their own way of life and their own history, 
they're individuals like us, but they're also different in some ways. And they're not necessarily, they wouldn't necessarily prefer America to their own society. So I don't think we're likely to have immigration, much immigration from Europe or Canada or other countries that are more or less like us. I don't think you're going to see that. You'll see some individuals will come here, but not on a, on a large basis. I don't think that's very likely. So the immigration we're going to get is going to come mostly from the non-Western world. And I accept that, but I want to cut it back. I want it to be reduced so it's possible to assimilate people to an individualist point of view. Seems like we we have two societies now, the people who view life as a project society and the people who view yeah. life as survival society. And it's getting, I it, why right. it used to skew more towards project people, now it's getting more and more even. And, yes. And that yes. causes a lot of tension. Well, it, it creates tension, but it also weakens the potential of the United States to remain a rich country and a powerful country. We have many tasks that we need to achieve, and those require a, uh, an inner-driven, outer-focused, outer achievement-oriented population. I don't mean that's all of life, but it's a big part of what America requires. And the world requires us to remain strong so we can continue to lead in ways that other countries are not able to do. So they look to us, and, and that's the case. Even though President Trump has raised questions about the extent of our commitments, there's a, a movement away from some of those commitments, but we're not going to quit leading because we have to. There's really no alternative. Lawrence Mead, very interesting uh, thoughts, very interesting book. Folks, if you get this book, it'll really give you more tools, probably more tools than you already have to answer a lot of the questions that pop up in talk radio. I think you'd dig it, especially if you like talk radio. <laughs> Lawrence Mead, thanks. Burdens of Freedom, Cultural Difference, and American Power. Strong stuff. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Okay. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.